0: And welcome to the Glad to Podcast. My name is Lauren Romo, and with me, as always, my cousin and fellow nerd Andrea Gutierrez. Tongs Day, am I right?
1: Tongs
0: Day, am Tongs I right? Day. That's a great phrase. That's great. I love I've said it.
1: it a lot. I Every. assumed Tongs Day was Monday because it's Mondays, am I right? You know, but but it's not. Apparently, it's. I not. guess it's Thursday or no, it's
0: Friday. It's Thursday. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Thursday. Friday is something else. I think Tongs Day is Thursday. And I heard Bendu Day was Friday.
1: But then I was thinking Bendu Day should be Wednesday, like Hump Day in the middle. Bendu's in
0: the middle. He's, you know. I like that. I like that logic there. It's Friday. Yeah. Learn something new every day in Star Wars, man. Let me tell you. Every day. (laughs) Tongs Day. Honestly, I'll be I didn't even know they had like. Days. I didn't either. Yeah, I (laughs) didn't. we just start there for me? Like, I know. I, I had no idea. Like, you know, they had names for days. I just, I never thought about it though. You know, like, yeah, I don't know. Mondays. Am I right? Like Mondays on Star Wars? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so that's interesting. Again, little, little stuff that we learned uh, in this episode for sure. So, Yep, guys, we're going to talk about it. This is the Mandalorian recap of Season 3, Episode 3, Chapter 19. lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, so we're going to dive into it. But first, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are Star Wars podcast that discuss anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. In each episode, we'll dive into one or two topics and have a general discussion on them. Topics could be movies, TV series, books, comics, a specific character, you name it. And we talk about it. So Ange again, Mandalorian, wowie, 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 good stuff. Deep lore, deep connections. I think in this episode, really, really good, uh, for me. So as we always do, let's just start. I, I'd love to get your overall thoughts. How'd you feel? What was your viewing like? As we always like to set it up that way as well. So go ahead, give it to me. What do you got? I'm sure I'm
1: eventually going to get in trouble for this, but I watched it at work again. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, dog um, days, am I right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I forgot it was Wednesday. I forgot it was Bendu Day, honestly, and I had no idea and I got to work. And I was like, I think it's because Jimin's new single was coming out this week. And I've been so obsessed with thinking about that. And every time I look at Twitter, I'm like, Jimin, 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 Jimin. And so I like forget about Star Wars. So I totally forgot. And I was, I got to work and I was like, oh my God, Mando and the Bad Batch. What am I going to do? I can't wait. So, you know, some days I'm just in my office doing computer work and I can casually watch a show while I'm doing that. So
0: that's what i was doing and it was a banger you know it it really was it was an episode for sure a lot of again little action but a lot of a lot of meaty lore conversations very similar to andor as far as again we get that side of things politics side a little bit of what was going on Post-Return of the Jedi, especially on Coruscant, which we'll talk about, because that was a big, big location this week. Yeah, I think overall for me, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't my favorite as far as, again, last week for me was top tier. That was just some really good stuff. This week was good, but in a different way, if that makes sense, Ange. Like, yeah, completely. You know? But that beginning coming off of last week was huge.
1: Yes, I mean, talk yes. about like sitting in your seat and just being completely Star full of Wars, adrenaline man. because yeah. you're like, holy crap, this is yeah. amazing. So that yeah. that first 10 minutes really just took me out. It was great. Yeah. I mean,
0: again, it, it starts off hot, kind of like we're talking about, and then we get a lot of deep stuff within the middle, and then it ends pretty big too uh, for me as well. So it yeah. Overall, again, I I enjoyed it. It's a it's a really good episode. It's almost an hour, so one of the longest so far. In uh, so far this season, which I'm cool. So so far, I think the first episode, uh, the first episode was like thirty five minutes, and it was like forty some minutes for episode two of season three, and this one was fifty something. So. I guess this was the second
1: longest episode in the series. The one that beats it out is the gunslinger.
0: Yeah, that was what? Episode two of season two? Yeah. Or is that? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah, because that was over. It was over an hour. Or like really like literally almost an hour right on the mark. This was like 50 some minutes, but I, I enjoyed it again. I think it needed that time. To explain what was, like, again, to kind of put you where you were with Coruscant, with the characters that we'll talk about. So it made sense for me anyway. Again, the music, really good. Music was so good. The visual effects, again, stunning. Especially, you know, going on to Coruscant, it was amazing. It's just, really, it's a good freaking episode. It it really is. It's a good episode. It's a really good episode. Again, uh this was written by John Favreau and Noah Clor, or Clor, Klor or Klor K L O R uh were the writers and then this is this episode was directed by Lee Isaac Chung. Uh so again, solid all the way around. Solid performances which we'll talk about, again just really really good stuff overall and a lot to talk, a lot to, to dive into. And I think you and I were talking before, you know, kind of how we wanted to do this episode. And you you had a really good idea of, you know, let's kind of do it as the episode, like, showed itself, really, like, follow it. So, so age, I'll start with you. Let's just start that first 10 minutes. You know, we're in the cave. We are flying. <laughs> we're doing a lot of action stuff first 10 minutes were really, really bonkers. Like you said, it, 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 hit hard. So talk to me through about those, those first few scenes, what you felt and, you know, how, how you felt about it. Um, I mean,
1: the first call out of course is, you know, coming off of last week and Bo-Katan seeing the mythosaur, you wanted to see like, did, didn't see the mythosaur, like, what are we going to do? And that gets brought up immediately, which was nice. And then, um, it ends up that Bo is going to kind of keep that from Din for a little bit, you know, asking him, him if he saw anything down there and then following up the question with, yeah, but did you see anything living down there? That was kind of was really interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> I know. So I, it's like maybe she's just trying to digest what she saw. I don't know if she's being deceptive. I Hard just. Hard to tell.
0: Hard to tell with Bo. It really so is
1: hard to tell it's almost frustrating because you see these glimpses of who she can potentially be and then all of a sudden you get pulled back like two steps and you're like oh come on like where are we going is this going to be a struggle for like the entire season so then the end of this episode lights out for I mean forget about it I was just like mind was blown so I thought it was great the way he just woke up and he was like, I'm redeemed. <laughs> he cracks First thing, man. He just the first thing he thought of. He cracks That's me so up. Good. That's all he cares about. And I'm so happy that it happened for him. And I thought it was cool that Bo was like, you are, you know, there wasn't no second guessing of it or it wasn't like, oh, no, you didn't recite the creed fully or it's, anything it's like that. She was like, I'll, I'm witness. Like she was yeah. totally supportive. I agree. I agree. So that was really cool. Um and then honestly, they get into that ship, they start having a quick conversation, they exchange this is the ways, and little Grogu makes some gurgling burgling noise. Oh, he
0: tried to say it. So you think I so? It. I think so. I, I think, think so, so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: how, yeah, How cute is that? I, now I've seen like mixed emotions from people about that, saying like, oh, we don't want him to say that because we don't want him to be that kind of Mandalorian. And then I mean, I'm it's He's a, he's a he's I don't know. He just he understands what's going on and he understands what's important to Din as well too and he's just a little cute kid that wants
0: to be like everybody else. So yeah, I I I think he wants to be just like you said, Ange. I think he wants he's following Din. So for those to be his possible first words, it makes sense, doesn't it? Like I feel like it does. I uh, I think it does. I mean, why wouldn't he? Because again, he's been following him and he's been you know din's been his protector this is the way he hears it all the time like and like you said he understands even though he's a kid he is 50 so it's not like he's <laughs> but you know what i'm saying no you know, i know like, i know like he's smart he is really really smart and i think last episode showed that but he understands he totally understands what's going on and he knows how important this is to din and he understands like what what's what this is the way means to din yeah. so I think he interprets it as something that is positive or you know what I'm saying like he yeah. he accepts it yeah I mean I don't know that's uh, that's how you feel but yeah I mean that's kind of where I go with it for sure it would make sense I like it me too I do I do too I think I think that makes sense it was kind of crazy it's like the way like Bo
1: and Didn't like turn to each other, like after he did it and then boom, like all those explosions start happening and it like took us away from the moment. So I probably watched this episode like six times. I didn't take notes at all, which is very strange for me, but I was like locked into the episode every single time I I watched it. So it was just, I just didn't take notes. And I was like, I am completely just in, in this episode, but that fighting sequence that air sequence that that flight battle whatever you want to call it it was chef's kiss amazing i mean 10 absolutely, 10. 10 10. Yeah. absolutely amazing and I mean, just like the communication between Din and Bo, like, I'm going to drop you at your ship, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to come in fast, like him just yeeting himself out of.
0: <laughs> Iron Man-esque, it was so good. <laughs> so It was so good. So good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gets in the N1 just like flawlessly, and then and then he's like, I made it to the N1. I'm on my way. It was so cool that that where he elevated and came back down and dropped, it was oh my god like amazing it was um, batman batman
0: 1989 so batman.
1: <laughs> yeah when he I flew up it. to the moon and the, he I was a symbol
0: <laughs> so cool yeah i loved it i loved it
1: and then you know Bo playing doing that little drift that little trick trick move where she dropped that wing and did that drift oh my god that was
0: so freaking cool a gauntlet is my favorite ship of all time like that chip is so freaking cool, like you said, so it was cool. so well done. Yeah, that was awesome. That
1: then was that awesome. drag across the water, that that fall, the zero gravity—you know—it was amazing. And then you think like you're out of it, and then all of a sudden the bombing starts happening, and I, it was so funny. The first time I watched it, when she was like, "Those mud scuffers bombed my home," and I was about to tweet like, "Mud scuffers equivalent for mfers," <laughs> because that's that's what it's got i mean it's accurate that's yeah accurate. i first
0: bombed my home <laughs> it it was that first 10 minutes man it was good i mean like you're saying action-packed i mean that fly that you know flying dogfight sequence I mean, we got tie interceptors which was really really cool really cool Really cool. We got the Thai bomb, or we got the, I don't know if they're Thai bombers, like bombers yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So we got a lot of cool, a lot of cool, again, Easter eggs of, you know, things that we have seen before in Star Wars. And then even Bo thinking, like, you know, there's just, this isn't just a typical, like, warlord and, and you know, imperial warlord. This is something's big, you know, and for me, I think it's Gideon. That's where my head goes is that which later in the episode I'll bring it up now just cuz it kind of fits. Yeah. But later in the episode we hear that Gideon could have a rumor was that he he escaped during his like route to being uh to the imperial tribunal that he escaped. But then there's another rumor that that was just propaganda and that they used a mind flare on him. I 100% believe he escaped for many reasons, which we'll talk about later, but do you feel that, that it was Gideon? I mean, that's where I go. That's where I go. I know there's a lot
1: of conversation about, like, if there were that many TIE Interceptors, it had to be a Grand Admiral, right? So it had to be right, Right, do we really want to just wipe over Gideon as the big bad and immediately go to Thrawn? It seems like we need to kind of... Tran- That'd be need- a big jump, right? It would be a big jump. I would be surprised, too. I think for fans that know every detail of Star Wars, we could we could buy it, right? And we would be like, yeah, sure. But I think for a casual fan, they'd it's just too big of a jump. Let's, let's keep with the villain that we know. And obviously then the way the episode transpired going to Coruscant and who we interacted with there, it would make more sense. Yes. That it's Gideon.
0: I mean, it could be. So I think it's Gideon, but he's a part of the, as we know, part of the plan that Palpatine wanted was people to go to the unknown regions, right. That were like his super loyal people. And gather and kind of like start reforming, you know, into the First Order, as we know. I think it's part of that, though, too. I think Gideon is a part of that. I think he is one of those people that was giving the information to go to that area, into the Unknown Regions, wherever that is. And then that is where, you know, they are rebuilding into the First Order. I think we're getting, we are getting such big, I think... Clues to that, especially in this episode, which again we'll talk about in a little bit. But yeah, I I think it's it's got to be Gideon and or like the you know the beginnings of the First Order, right? The the people that are rebuilding, per Palpatine's like you know, um, was it Project Cinder, as we know? So I that's where I that's where I go with it. But I think it is Gideon because it makes sense. 'Cause I don't think you can jump the Thrawn. And I feel like that's an Ahsoka thing for right now. I agree. Like
1: I know Thrawn was name dropped in season two, but again, by Ahsoka. So that's her mission. That's what she's doing. Not that's not what's coming after Bo Katan and Mandalore. It's I just don't think Thrawn has a need for Mandalore, like how Gideon does.
0: Exactly. No, and that that's why, you know, yeah, that's why I again. We'll I, I'm gonna we'll we'll kind of bring this back up when we get to the end because we're gonna wrap you know kind of connect it and everything. But yeah, I I I think it's Gideon. I don't think it's Thrawn. I think Thrawn's an Ahsoka thing, you know. And I and I honestly I don't even know. And this is a whole different you know that's a whole different conversation that we'll have because I really want to talk about Thrawn before Ahsoka. Because his character, again, I we know from Rebels, this is like a spoiler alert, whatever you want to call it. But, like, we know that him and Ezra, you know, jump-shipped or, you know, basically with the Purgle, got hyperspaced to somewhere. We don't know. So I don't know if in that time he would have been able to be found and, like, get all the resources to have like a huge like already ship again unless he unless he did f- follow the orders of the of the of uh Palpatine and go to the unknown regions but again his character again I don't want to go too deep, but like his character is so interesting, especially when you look at it from animation in the book it's it's very interesting I don't think he's for me I don't think it's that. That he really likes the Empire. I think he's doing it for certain purposes. That's where I get it from the books. More so than the animation. Right. In animation, he's like a villain. Empire, Empire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think that's part of his character, though, right? Like, I think that's where he was in that time frame. He had to be that way. So when you read canon Thrawn books,
1: you get the feeling that he's um, tied to his people and what he's doing... With the Empire is to protect his own civilization. That's only in canon books, in legend books, in like the *Heir to the Empire* trilogy. He's a he's a Rebels villain. I'm like like he is in Rebels, not a Rebels. He's a villain like he is in Rebels. So there's been rumors that that story is going to be how this storytelling of this time frame is going to move along. So I think again they're just going to be like. We're gonna keep throwing a, a, a true villain, right? And but who knows? Because it is always really great when you have this morality confusion on what a villain is doing, and so that definitely is gonna come in into play to keep Thrawn complex and and intriguing. So
0: it's, it's hard. Not, it's I think just not for Mando right now, I don't think it's not. It's just not. I agree. I agree. So yeah. Again. The first 10 minutes were so good. Them bombing her castle, I that kind of took me by surprise. I was like, oh, okay. But then I'm like, this makes sense, especially when we get to the end. Okay, this makes a ton of sense. And then her, like you're saying, her going after them and almost like not caring and didn't have to be like, listen, dude, we got to go. Like, this is, this is a fight that we can't win. We are overmatched right now. We are overmatched. That was so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was him great. talking reason to her, and her yes. following along with what was going on. Great.
0: Yeah, and then R five just floating after oh. zero gravity. <laughs> I, I love loved it. It. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. But that's how I mean, man. That that's how we opened. That was a huge cold open to the episode. But it felt good because it was a nice connection from the previous episode, though, right? Like it connected well. So let's get to the 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 really big meat of this episode. What's Corsa? Now I will say, I did this isn't. I usually well, I'll just say this. I did skip the previously on because, as we talked about last week, it kind of, it's been spoilery. It it gives it away at least where we're, where we might go within this episode, right? Yeah. So I did skip it just because I wanted to nice. just see where we were going and let the episode tell me. And and I was very pleasantly surprised that we were back on Corsa. We were with Dr. Penn Pershing, which I don't know if we got his first name in the first so. couple seasons. Yeah. So it's Penn Pershing. Such a like Marvel superhero like Peter Parker. <laughs> it really is. Two two P's, I love it. Pen Particles. Pen Particles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we get back with Dr. Pershing and this whole idea of, you know, these Imperials kind of being like, not, re- I guess, reprogrammed in a way, but basically trying to right their wrongs and join the new Republic, you know. But, I mean, first of all, we were back on Coruscant. And this is the first time since, I mean, before Andor, this is the first time we've been on Coruscant in live action what, maybe since episode three? I mean, it's been a while. Oh, well, andor. But I'm saying before Andor, though, right? Before yeah. Andor. Yeah. And like post Return of the Jedi, for sure. Like, oh, yeah. This is the first time we've been to Coruscant. You know? Yeah, we didn't go there at all during the sequel trilogy. We were no. on Hosnian
1: and Prime. I thought maybe at yeah. first it was Hosnian and Prime, but nope, it was Coruscant. The Yeah. Um, the orchestra hall, the symphony for like Oh. Those the little Easter eggs did you yeah.
0: So those good. little Easter legs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they were so cool, like, oh my god, those are the steps Anakin ran up and this is where they like it was really cool. Like it was really fun to see and just you know, like, oh man, yeah, this is this is back. We're back. We're back in Coruscant. You know, and it was it was, you know, the the visual effects of it were really, really good. I mean it's just overall well done, and I'm so glad we're back in Coruscant because it's like I said, it's been a very long time. It's been a very long time, and then even as we learn throughout the episode that you know, as fans, we are we were told that Coruscant is kind of the center of this uh, galaxy, right? It's the core, but then that as at one point Pershing was like, you know, listening to whatever and they were said, you know is Wikipedia. Yeah, it's Wikipedia, yeah, pretty much. And they said that like, you know, as many think it is a is the you know, it's the center of the galaxy, it's really not. Which I believe that is something that has been out there, but I don't know if it's like really brought up a lot. So were you surprised? I mean, first of all, give me your overall thoughts on Coruscant, being back there. And then anything surprise you being back there or anything like that? Like any information that we learned about it?
1: Um, I loved being back there. I love that it was like George Lucasy Coruscant, right? It wasn't
0: yes. yes, 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 yes.
1: It wasn't like Tony Gilroy Coruscant, like drab and washed out. It was Which flashy. So much fun. Yeah, right? Like uh, so I really I really liked it. And I'm telling you that. That peak of Umi part, like, was so cool because, honestly, when I read that part in Light of the Jedi, so, sometimes I really have a hard time visually um seeing things when I'm I'm reading. And I could not understand how someone was standing next to the peak of a mountain. Like, I was like, how the hell do you stand next to a peak of a mountain? Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it, Chancellor. So, where are you standing? How can you stand next to the peak of a mountain? What? And now you know. And now I know. And I was like, thank God. Oh. <laughs> thank you, Mandalorian. <laughs> Jeez. But um, it was really great. A lot of things that, like, uh, hit me really hard was that the people in the AMC program had letter number combination identifiers. That was really surprising to
0: me. We'll um, talk about that because that's, oof.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, just the look of it was great. Him, you know, when Pershing's flying to the AMSD compound or whatever you want to call it, and that droid is there and he's not hes not paying attention to where he's going or he's turned around, but obviously the droid knows what he's doing. Um, the The whole thing was good. But I will say the, the Dr. Pershing, like, TED talk in the beginning kind of threw me off because... Since he was in the middle of this gigantic crowd and this crowd, he was speaking to this crowd of like well-established people. I kind of thought he was placed as like a scientist, still like still high up there. Now, after a couple watches, I realized like, oh no, they're they're just having him tell a story of what he was and his gratitude towards the amnesty program and the New Republic and being um, able to come back from the terrible things that he did. But the first watch, I. I was really really surprised. I th- I thought they were like, oh, they're using Dr. Pershing now to to do cloning technology or 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 whatever. So that did kind of like confuse me. And then those snobby 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 New Republic people. Oh. The aristocrats. So good. I mean,
0: <laughs> it was really good it was really
1: good it it was really good you know it reminded me of when you read bloodline and you see that part of the new republic of people that just kind of switch sides because the the new side is the advantage and just like they said empire rebels whatever it's all the same thing like that that was a really good way to introduce the state of the new republic and the mentality of the majority of the people in in the new republic this whole part was good to show the different dynamics of the new republic and what was going on and the state that it was in because honestly we haven't got that much right being off on tatooine during this time frame doesn't teach you what the new republic's initiatives are and I feel like in season one and two, they were really even. It was hard to see that the empire was overthrown because you kept seeing these pockets of them like coming back. Like I even think of in season two when Boba Fett's like, "They're back. The empire is back." So to move on into this storytelling, saying like, "No, the new part, po- the new, the new rep- new empire," I almost said the new republic is actually um, bringing these people in. Um, hopefully reevaluating them making sure that they know what they did was wrong it's all so messed up it's all so messed up it really is like oh we can go into it more
0: so you go and then i'll come back <laughs> it it's interesting because again you, we get we go back to a planet that we saw during the height of the republic right i mean through the prequels we see Coruscant as it was. And like you said, we see it again in this way. Bright, colorful, lights, everything. It's not as that, like you said, and even uh, as Elia Kane says, you know, it, it's it's stripped, you know, the, the cogwheels are stripped down, right? It's not as, again, as, you know, uh, clean or not as like just, straight lines or like it's all imperial like we saw in andor basically right like it it didn't have that vibrant colors right because it was diluted by the empire so now coruscant is back back to being colorful to being you know this this you know city this uh i can't remember how what that wikipedia said it was but like the huge city the monument square yeah well, well, that, but like how, how they describe what Coruscant is, it's like a not a metropolis, but like a a planet, like a huge pl- city planet. Like that's literally the entire planet of Coruscant is a huge city. Like that's all it is. So being back there was very, really cool. And it gave really good vibes, again, for prequel, prequel lovers and just overall fans, right? Just being back in Coruscant because it's been so long. You know, before Andor, again, before Andor, which, but even in Andor, that's, you know, that takes place between episode three and A New Hope, right? And how we're seeing it after Return of the Jedi. So this is, you know, post the original trilogy. So it's really cool to be back there. I, I loved it. And then, like you said, we, let's get into Dr. Pershing because you were touching on it for sure, And We see him giving a speech. To like the, the the aristocrats, high you know the high influence, I guess of Coruscant at the same amphitheater that Anakin was told about Darth Plagueis the Wise. Like it was so cool. It was so cool to be to see those landmarks and everything like that. But you kind of see this whole amnesty program and like the struggles. I think well, not I think, but I think the struggles that Pershing was going through because, like you said. He's a scientist through and through. He is very smart and intelligent. But they were using him as an archivist, you know? So, like, they weren't even using him to his <laughs> full potential for cloning or anything like that. Like, they had him just archiving and showing, like, what's being destroyed and all that stuff, you know? So it was... It was interesting to see his struggle in this episode of, like, wanting to do good. Because I think he did, right? Like, his whole motives were, for him, were justified in his own mind, you know? Like, he wanted to do good. He thought, yeah, if we do what we are doing, but it's in the better hands, it could could really save lives. You know, this whole cloning thing, it could save lives. And I and I fully believe he believed that, but I think he obviously got, you know, taken advantage of by Elia, which, you know, we'll talk about her in a little bit, but it was just so fascinating to learn about this whole Amnesty program, what they were doing. And we'll talk about it too later on about, you know, this, this new republic, maybe not so, you know, nice. But give me your thoughts on Dr. Pershing's kind of Overall story in this episode, the ups and downs, and what did you think and did you you know, how did you feel about his journey so far? Yeah, I think they did a really good job at making
1: the viewer feel just as uncomfortable he was doing yes. all of this. Yes. You know, um, it was like very like visceral, like as you're watching him you're like, Ugh, he doesn't I feel bad for him, or he doesn't like this and I don't like this either. <laughs> um he I know we gotta like move it, you gotta move the story along, but he, he was kind of like uh manipulated very quickly, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I mean that's probably how he ended up with the Empire in the first place as as well too. He seemed somewhat naive. I found it really interesting that he was talking about like when he when they went into the um Star Destroyer and they were picking up the equipment and he said he was talking about the lab and how his mom used to have one and then what he he wanted to be like when he grew up like he wasn't like in this oppressed or like traumatic um, I mean I can't I can't say like the whole story hasn't been told but he, he kind of had this naivety about him just because he had this life that wasn't about struggle. So he continues to think that since he had a good life, that everyone else had a good life and that everybody else wanted to do good. And that's like kind of his downfall. And when when he talks to Elia Kane about that and she says that she didn't have the opportunity to to even think about like what her future would be. And he kind of like brushes over that because that just wasn't his man- mentality and he's very naive into believing that people want want to do good. And this episode was a complete lesson and that is not the case in this galaxy, no matter who's in charge of it whatsoever, right? It's going to be very difficult and very, you know, far from finding someone that's going to completely support you in your needs, So, and I mean, the, the, the new Republic is confused, right? They're decommissioning Alliance fleet. They're decommissioning Imperial fleet. They don't even know who they are. Like in the backstory, uh, like behind it, Mom Mothma doesn't even like know like what to do. Like, do they have a Navy? Do they, do they have a military? It's all, it's all going back again to this. They're just completely broken and they never get their, their footing. So his character to me um it it was just very well portrayed as someone that is has the willingness to do good but is completely naive of the reality of the things around him and and it just it made me feel really uncomfortable everything was was great it was very slow storytelling but everything had its purpose to be able to bring it to the point where he chooses to do wrong and still think he's doing right it was perfect
0: yeah i i really liked the fact that when he was you know when he goes to like his like kind of i don't know counseling or just therapy sessions yeah or whatever with the with the droid to make sure he's still you know he's he's you know that he's doing that he's still compliant right yeah I, i like how you know in in especially in that last session he was like, you know, we're here to do good for the public. And that supersedes everything.
1: And it's such a vague statement, right? That's such a vague statement. Like, even he knows that that, that oh, is yeah. loaded. Right. Right.
0: So, but when he gets the droid's answer of, yeah, this is, you know, it, yeah, you're right. I mean, you are technically right. Then that just gives him, like you're saying, the the motivation to go ahead and do what he feels is right. Because I really do. I mean, just like you were talking about, Andrea. I don't, naive is definitely a good word. I don't know if I want to say gullible, but he just has this sense of everybody wants to do the right thing, like you're saying. Like he believes, he believes that the New Republic would want to hear what he has to say. Because of, like, his background. And even his, like, co-worker was like, I'm surprised you're down here. After hearing, like, his speech and, like, how, you know, smart and where he comes from, like, it is very interesting that this is how the New Republic was treating these, you know, amnesty, these, you know, Imperials that are trying to be, you know, uh, I don't want to say reintroduced, but trying to find their way in the galaxy like Mandalorian. In this new era that they're in, so yeah, Pershing's fascinating. I like his, I love his character. Um, oh, I believe the the gentleman that plays him is, oh, uh, if I mess it up, I apologize. But is it um, Omid Abatay, abatai Abatay? Again, I I apologize, but he does such a good job at showing like how. Not gullible, but like you're saying, maybe naive to think that he can make a difference that on his own, right? Like, secretively, if he does this, he's doing what's what what the New Republic really wants him to do, you know. But but he's being coerced the entire t- the entire time, being manipulated. And like you said, that's probably how he got into the Empire. Was this kind of false sense of yeah, you're the work you're doing is gonna matter. The work you're doing is going to change lives. Yeah, absolutely. But like, no, it really wasn't. He's being completely manipulated. And he's again, he he fell for it again.
1: Now, he does say in his talk, he does bring up a, a figure that was using his his work to his own advantage. Now, do you think he was referencing solely to Gideon or do you think he knew like the big bad, the big, big, big bad Palpatine? That, that was his ultimate goal. Do you think he knew it went that far up, or he was just that's a doing really good things question. for
0: Gideon? Oh, man, that's a really good question, Ange. Because if you look at it, you would think I go back to Bad Batch, right? into to Nala, Nala Say and how she knew. And she was a scientist and all this cloning stuff. And then I go to, again, that scientist that we see in that one in the in one of the newest episodes, Dr. Hemlock, and how he knew. I feel like I don't know if Pershing got the whole... I don't know if he was a privy to all of it. But I think he knew that they were definitely trying to clone something and the reason for it, maybe he didn't know. I don't know. Like That's how I see it. What do you got? It just dawned on me that technically a lot of people think Palpatine's
1: dead during this time. So yes, absolutely, absolutely. There's that. So I think his his the person he's referencing to is Gideon. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Because I don't think people on that level kind of understood what was the contingency plan and what was the ultimate goal. Cinder, so, nobody knew about that stuff,
0: right? Yeah, right. right, right you know, right.
1: talking about Cinder and watching this this sequence play out, it really made me think of Alphabet Squadron. It made me think really think of Ira Cocol, and. It just, you know, that story is told, is placed before the Mandalorian timeline. And it's kind of the beginning of them figuring out what are they going to do with defected Imperial people. And they use them to their own advantage. Um, They placed them in these, um, like, holding areas. Like, Yurka was on, like, Traitor's Remorse for a really long time. And it was just like, it was a camp. Right. For for people that wanted to no longer be with Empire and they were interviewed constantly. I really wish I really, really wish in this episode of Mandalorian, they would have used a torture droid like ITO in the Alphabet Squadron, because I just felt like that would have been a really great Easter egg. Because and then from all of this that happens, you know, you get all the way to Victory's Price, you know, because Alphabet Squadron is a, a trilogy. And then you get to see now in The Mandalorian what came from that and what the new republic is trying to do now. So it was a really cool like connection, I thought, if you read novels, the Star Wars novels, and and you're up on your reading and all of that, because it it's moving the story along perfectly and you, you're you're, you saw the cracks when you were reading it in the novel, and you see the cracks now, and so now you can see what the destruction that happens to the New Republic in the sequel trilogy. Like it's really starting to
0: to come together. Yeah. What? Well, well said. I mean, you. It does, and I know a lot of people don't want to believe that it's all connected, right? Like everybody wants to say, "Oh, books." Books don't really matter or if you read it, it's not gonna really no, it it does. Just like you said. A a trilogy book like like uh like the ones you're just talking about. Squadrons, it is important to again the overall like story of transitioning from Empire to New Republic. Right? This whole transition. It's not just it doesn't it, it took a very clearly took a very long time because this is what seven years post Return of the Jedi. Now, I th- if I'm not mistaken, or 10 years post Return of the Jedi. So like it's really fresh. I mean, it's not like they really got all their stuff together because clearly they don't because 10 years, just like you said, they were, you know, still decommissioning the Alliance fleet stuff. You know, and they didn't know how to deal, like you said, like just like those books said, like they didn't know how to deal with these defectors at all. And they were put in camps and now they're on course on and in like these dorm like kind of like setup or and have them assigned as numbers.
1: That was the most shocking yeah, we'll talk thing about- to me was that.
0: We'll talk about that because that, yeah, because I we we really want to talk about the New Republic overall, but yeah, I mean, again, to 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 bring it back to to Pershing, again, they don't know how to deal with somebody like that, but again, that was their downfall because now because of you know the job he was doing was just archiving, and then you know he tells his he tells his you know that coworker like, listen, you don't have to destroy any of this. This is still good stuff. He's like, well, yes, but it's Imperial Tech. Well, okay, yeah, well, yeah, it's Imperial Tech, but let me show you what it can be used for, for good, again, in his eyes, for good. And then we you don't have to destroy it. And he's and the guy again, his guy's response is like, listen, dude, we're we're overworked. We're trying, you know, we have all this, you know, we still have to decommission all the Imperial, you know, in the in the yard, uh, all that stuff. And then we had to do the line suite, dude you had to send a report in and blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, of course Pershing fell, you know, fell into Elias, uh Kane's trap and, you know, was like, yeah, okay, I'm doing this. But he said, and I love that shot before they go to get like the supplies, you know, he's in like his, you know, like a little, obviously new clothes and everything like that. He looks in the mirror and he was like, you know, I'm basically like, I'm doing this for the right reasons. Because he was telling himself, like, I know, you know, I know this is probably not what I should be doing, but I'm doing it because this is supposed to be for the good of the rebellion the, or the, for the good of the new republic. And it wasn't. He got set up by Elia. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. So I, I don't know. Was Any ever uh, thoughts with uh, Pershing? No, I wonder, Um, his future is
1: what's in my head now, right? So the mind flayer, and it gets turned up to an 11.
0: <laughs> Pretty <laughs> okay. much, right? Jeez, yeah. Jeez,
1: like, oh, well, we don't use it for torture anymore, but we still have the torture settings. Yeah, I want to yeah, talk bro. about that with the new okay. Republic
0: stuff, man. Okay. I don't know. New Republic, man. Oh, we New don't Republic.
1: use any of the old Imperial gear except for this mind flare over here. We still use this. Don't worry. It's yeah, very, we'll, very... We'll, ta- we'll So talk it's about like, that. is he dead? Is he? Uh, is his mind truly wiped? Like, is he coming back? I mean, I it was that his story. Are we done with him? I don't know. So that's kind of where I'm at with him.
0: I, yeah, I, I don't think we've seen the last of him. I think he definitely got mind wiped, and now he's going to be easy easier to manipulate into convinced to go back to his Imperial esque type of like uh cloning research and all that stuff from Alaya. So speaking of Alaya Kane, oh what a performance by Miss Katie, Katie O'Brien. O'Brien. Huh Chef's Kiss. So good. so good. So so good. I Listen, mean to come to come my from a kept, character.
1: My mom kept calling her shortbread. Ha! <laughs> She was like, what is shortbread doing? Because of those cookies, those rashing cookies. They look like Lauren and Dune shortbread cookies. Right. So I don't I don't, I don't
0: like that shortbread. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> but to to for her to go from a character that had very few lines, right? When I mean, we saw them in season two with Gideon, like not, we, we didn't even know her name at the time. She was just some type of officer that was working with Gideon very closely, obviously. He seems like he trusted her a lot. And then we get to see, you know, her and like this fully formed character now. You know, like she, you know, she again, she tried to. Play it off as like, you know, no, I'm here for the New Republic and, you know, I'm trying to right my wrongs which I think at times I, I fell for it. I'm not going to lie. Like I, at times I was like, no, okay, maybe she is doing the right thing. But then the little things started happening and you're like, all right, no dude, she's, she's totally manipulating them. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. She's manipulating them. So it was again, her, her character is very fascinating. I want more. Again, like you said, when they were in the, the Imperial Yard and going through the Star Destroyer. I mean, just her her line of yeah. I never had that choice of thinking about my future. Like, there's some really deep stuff there. I think I, I hope we get to explore more. But overall, yeah, Katie O'Brien's like performance was so good. You know, you you again you I felt for it like for sure. Like okay, no no no. no. Like she's she's with it. Like she wants to help the New Republic and right the wrongs and. And then, I, again, there's just little things, though, like that she was saying or doing. Like she was pushing Pershing to, like, really want to get back into the cloning, really start to, like, make him rethink, you know, about what he's doing in the New Republic. And then even with the mention of Gideon, she's like, I don't want you know, I don't think about him that much and blah, 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 blah. So it was really interesting for that character to... Again, come full circle, and then at the very end, like you're saying, when he's in the mind flare, she turns it up, eats that shortbread. That's that's such a great line, shortbread. I love it. I love it. And she eats that, and then again, just watching him, you know, become become, you know, basically erased. You know, his memory erased. So that that was the that was the tell. I was like, all right, no, Gideon's alive for me. That was like, okay, no, he's alive and she's working. You know, and again, we'll get into the New Republic stuff, but like you were talking about, because of people like her and because of how the New Republic was running, she was easy, easily able to, like, infiltrate and, like, do what she needed to get done with Dr. Pershing. You know, so it's like she... It was so beautifully laid out. Like again, like she went to, she was at the theater listening to his speech. So like she knew he was there. She was trying to following him around. Then she was like, "Hey, I'll you know if you haven't seen the sights, I'll show you around." And they were having like a good like friendship. Like it was, like, it seemed like she cared. But then again, the the rug or the you know the rug gets pulled under from Pershing, and he's in a. Freaking mind flare, which okay, we'll talk about the new Republic stuff because that's that's big. But give me your thoughts, Angela, overall on Katie O'Brien's character, Elijah Kane, and what your what's your thoughts, feelings?
1: Yeah, I was really excited that she was like spotlit in this episode. Um, she was a really intriguing character, I thought, from the seasons before. Just wanted to know more about her. always love I always like when there's female officers in in the Empire. It's it's almost like they have a an edge on everybody else. Yeah. Um it's funny I was listening to Force Center and they had and they had mentioned how she was always like pulling at her clothes and um like readjusting herself and I thought the exact same thing as I was watching that she just does not feel comfortable in, in what she's in and what she's doing. It's like an, a nervous tick. And, and then also kind of called out that how different the new Republic is, is from the empire because the empire's clothing and all of that was so finely tailored and perfectly tailored. You would never have to pull at it or readjust it or, or anything like that. So I thought that that was just like this small little good call out but yeah there were plenty of times where I thought is she good is she not why did she tell him to touch that mountain you know was she just really kind of trying to lighten the mood and you know it was it was all really strange and then even as they're going through the ship and even when or when they're on the train and all of that you still think like Yeah, maybe maybe she truly believes that you can't just blindly follow orders. Otherwise, you're still stuck in the same situation that you are before. Oh, big, big huge line. And I mean, it was it was perfectly delivered because it really made made you think like and I'm not saying the New Republic is the Empire. I'm just saying they have no idea what they're doing. You know, I don't think they're intentionally trying to be bad and gain control like the Empire does. I think they just don't know how to regain. They're naive,
0: big, too. Right. In a big, way. huge.
1: But, I, you know, but then I know that they have like pockets of like greatness as well, too. It's just so, you know, it takes time to do like it's kind of like when you have a really terrible staff and you need to kind of weed out those employees and and hire in who who you need it it takes it takes time and let's let's be honest this is a really small time frame in between return of the jedi and the sequel trilogy there was not enough time for the new republic to be established and the cracks allowed the empire or the first order to come back it was it's that simple and it's great that we're seeing that now so she was an awesome character i hope we see more of her um i i like the deviousness i i like the the turn at the end when she turns up i it's really terrible for me i like when she tortured him and then ate the cookie (laughs) but um it was so uh straightforward and it was executed like really well so it was just like a, a good good performance you know you came away being like oh man
0: Mm, fell for good. it, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, fell for it. And she, like you said, I like these um the female officers. I mean, we saw it in Andor, right? And now we see it here. Like these very strong female officers, ex imperial or obviously in Andor's case, imperial. Like just, but just how they still can't get away from the imperial thought process and that they feel like what they did was truly the right thing. That they feel like, no, this New Republic stuff. I mean, even she says Persian. yeah, you know, they're, they're doing good, but they're, you know, they're struggling. So, again, and you could take that line a couple ways too, like, yeah, maybe she believes that, you know, with her help, maybe she can help them not struggle as much. But it was honestly her saying, yeah, dude, they're, they're messed up. They don't know what they're doing. That's why we're able to do what we're doing right now. You know, like, be secretive. And that's why probably why Gideon was able to get away. And that's why she's helping him. Like, it all just makes sense. So, yeah, overall, though, Katie, uh, Katie O'Brien's performance was really, really good. Um, Her and Dr. Pershing's actor, again, great chemistry. It was just really well done. You felt that, you know, friendship with them. You felt that he trusted her you know, hundred percent. And then even again, his his last line to her of, you know, I you know what, you know, you, you betrayed me or you set me up and it was and then her again, even in that moment before that other New Republic uh like scientist guy or whatever she was talking to, the Twi was it the Twilight guy, you again it was just a moment like where she's like, you know, he's my friend, I wanna be there. And again, you felt that, like, okay, maybe she, again, doing things for the right reasons, right? I know. Right up to the last minute, you're like, okay, wait, no, maybe she is, maybe she is doing the right
1: thing. Maybe he was mis misguided. Maybe he couldn't have changed. Maybe he couldn't get reassigned, you know? Maybe, maybe what she's doing is correct in that now.
0: No, no. And she totally, you know, again, shows her imperial, you know, ways in begins to literally torture him and it's crazy. It's it's insane. But yeah, I, uh, I, I hope we get more. I, I assume we will get more because I think this is leading. Again, this episode is leading to bigger things. I know people have called it filler. I think that's BS. That is it, such BS. Again, it's not, it's like, have you guys not watched the first two seasons? Because they've talked about cloning. Pershing has been in there. Yeah. Did, they, did you think that storyline wasn't going to get followed up on? Like, are you kidding me? Did, did you that's not a watch whole reason.
1: There's a the whole reason they were looking for Grogu. Do you think they were just going to be like, oh, they can't find him, so we're done with that? No. Did you not watch it previously
0: on? <laughs> 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 I mean, I did it, but I wasn't surprised because it all made sense to me. I don't know. It's called me crazy. Call me crazy. I know a lot of people saying
1: like, oh, that that had to have been for Rangers of the New Republic. Like it completely didn't relate to previous Mandalorian no. storytelling. Yes, it did. Right. It came from the first freaking season. <laughs> Where have you been? Where have you been? Jesus. Were you in a mind flayer? Did it get turned up to an 11? What
0: happened to you? No, but yeah, I to to wrap up this little this part of the episode because again this, this is the big chunk of it, right? We were on course on literally the entire time. New Republic. I know we've we've kind of talked about it a little bits, but wow, I think mean, you really do see the struggle that they were going through and the big part for me was it really at the end when that doctor, the um, oh god, I can't remember the species on calamari on calamari? Thank you. When he was like, when Pershing was like, No, this is a mind filler, he's like, No, 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 what are you talking? That's imperial stuff, man. This is this is new republic, like, no, dude, literally, this is a mind filler. Well, you know, we, we only use a small dose, so it's not yeah. like he yeah. like was denying that it was, but he was just like, You know, we use it in a small dose, totally different, man, just totally different. Like I use I use it myself.
1: It's very refreshing. Right, it's really great.
0: Like, dude. So again, you you talked about it kind of throughout this episode. Like this, just the dis I don't know if I say disorganization, but the the lack of understanding or not knowing how to really bring the galaxy back to what it was, right? Or obviously struggling to do so, and you hinted on it earlier. In Bloodline, you, we get a big, 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 big picture of that. Huge picture. And this is only, this is only kind of, you know, foreshadowing and showing that. Because even in Bloodline, Leia was like, ah, this is BS. Like, this is, no. Yeah, this is we're, no. we're back to where we were. So. Yeah, she's like, yeah. this is why, you know, the first order is going to rise. Because we're falling on our laurels and we're not even. Fighting each other. Right, exactly. So. It was just very interesting to see how the New Republic, like you were saying, was treating these defective Imperials, giving them numbers, which I really, because that is the most interesting thing to me. That is so Clone Wars. That is so, like, what's your CT number? I know. What's your, you know, like, that's Imperial. I mean, that's Imperial It's Imperial to to the bone. Yes. So, like, how are you even better than, like, please explain, sir. And don't tell me this low dose of this mind flayer is no. That's BS, man. That's BS. You are literally the Empire, but like trying to act like you are the good side of it. Like no, dude. This I, so you it. What this sh, what this episode really showed is just how like you're saying how easily the First Order was able to like a infiltrate with people like Elia and. How they were able to rise without being noticed at all. I mean, yeah, Palpatine, Master Plan, I get it a little bit, but like, dude, the New Republic were not even thinking about any of that stuff at all. They were so naive. And so, I don't, again, I don't even want, I don't know if gullible is the right word, but like, they were just so, like, like you're saying, so preoccupied by either stuff, in, you know, in internal stuff, and trying to decide how to, you know, how to run the galaxy that they just, they were not even aware, or they were blissfully aware that they were doing the same things as the Empire and not caring. Like you're saying, by, you know, putting numbers on these, on these amnesty, you know, program people. Like, it was just Just fascinating stuff for the new republic i mean huge themes huge implications for sure and going forward so and real quick and then we'll you know we'll 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 slowly wrap up but what's your thoughts on the new republic anything
1: yeah um i think like the deep theme like right there's always deep themes going on in star wars and star wars storytelling i think is trust right so when When you don't have trust, you honestly don't have anything. I know that's like a really cliche thing to say, but it's, it's true. And you can see that in the amnesty program. And then like, even going back to Elfbit Squadron, if you know the relationship between Yuriko Quell and Kieran Aiden, he didn't trust her as well too, because they weren't sure, did she really defect or is she still working for the empire? And that was, like, a, a huge break for her as well, too. And then what's going on right now, like, if you can't trust in people and see the good in them, then they're going to disappoint you every single time, right? That's just what it's going to come down to. And that's the lesson here. But how do, how do you trust a group of people that participated in genocide? How do you trust a group of people that... Um, blindly followed um this program of like hatred and, and control I'll, I'll tell you how you do it not the way they're doing it right now right right <laughs> i mean yeah. it's just like what it comes down to just going through the motions and having therapy droids ask them the same questions over and over again i mean talk about like Oh, we'll do this, but not to have action and follow up behind it to make sure that it actually has an impact with these people. It's just like so fascinating to look at it in in that perspective. So, uh, any, any body of anything that performs in this way that uh, that doesn't trust their their people or their employee or is is looking to withhold information from them to have a one-up or anything like that will always fail like it just will always and it doesn't mean that there's all bad people in that program it just means that the the purpose and the clarity around it is 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 not aligned around trust so that's what it's honestly going to come down to. I mean, you hear it so much in Star Wars later, like in other stories about how other people just don't trust other people. It's you hear it all the time from Leia in Bloodline. You know, it's just it's it's what it is and that's what will continue the the war that's going on. So it's interesting like when you then tra- like move to the story of the Mandalorian and you think of Din and how he almost like blindly trusts that he's going into this group. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and what, and then you think about how Bo does not, and you think of the conflict that's going to ensue because of that. It's completely fascinating to me, this whole series, this whole season is going to be based on um, trust and being able to um, have faith in, in, and what you're doing and have purpose in what, in what you're doing. That just went
0: way way deep. I'm sorry. (laughs) I like it. But again, Star Wars is deep. We talk about that all the time. Star Wars is deep. And you're hundred percent right. Like the trust that clearly the new Republic don't have with these embassy people, as much as they're trying to show that they do again, assigning them numbers, assigning people that are super smart scientists like purging, to do this mundane stuff. It, right. They, they don't, they had no clue what they were doing, you know, but like you said, though, and I'm glad you kind of touched on it. Like there are probably some of these ex-imperial defectors, And I think we've met some of them in that group that, that he met when he went to the embassy housing. Like some of them, I think do, do believe like, yeah, you know, I'm glad I'm out of the empire good riddance and all that stuff. But then you have people like Elia, who, don't like still believe the empire is right and but they are but they the new republic is so preoccupied on whatever else is going on that they're not even looking internal they're not even like yeah thinking you know there's they're so like have tunnel
1: vision on we don't want to be like the empire we don't like to be we don't want to be like the empire
0: so much that they are the, the that they empire. are without even noticing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Again, good stuff. When we were on course, I'm glad we were back there. And obviously, to to kind of wrap up, we'll do final thoughts. But the ending of the show, we go back to Bowen Din, They go back to the the uh the convert the coven, something like that. Yeah, the covert. The co- yeah, the covert, of, covert with the armor and all those Mandalorians. And he proves it. Din says, I bathe. Bo says, I witnessed it. He gives them I mean, A, smartly, he did grab the water before they left. So he had a sample of it. The armorer checked it out with her like whatever magical <laughs> waters that no, I don't know. Whatever. that's That's the stuff that I'm not going to worry about. But she says, yep, no, this is this is legit. He was legitly there. And then you hear her say, you know, you are redeemed. You are a Mandalorian again. And as a character for Din, that's so big. Like You said it earlier. It's huge. Huge. This is all he cares about, was just being freaking redeemed and being able to go back to the creed that he has known since, you know, he was a small child. You know? But then the big thing was that the armor and Again, I I kind of got my wish. I said I want to see a bow and armor confrontation. I didn't get the confrontation. I did get them together, but the armor is saying, Bo-Katan, you are now redeemed." And she was like, uh, "Well, I don't really follow you." And then she was like, "Well, did you have you removed your helmet?" Well, no. You bathed in the waters. Well, yeah. Well, then yeah. Now you are, you are allowed into our our convert. You are part of the creed now, like your ancestors.
1: You, Yo, can you, you can leave whenever you
0: want. Leave whenever you want. What a nice little trick there, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like when you sign up for like a online streaming service and they're like, "Just try it out. You can leave whenever you want." But then, like when you go to cancel, you have to actually call somebody or like do something. You're like, "I'm not going to do this. I guess I'm just going to stay."
0: So, <laughs> right. So now apparently she subscribed for 30 days and she's <laughs> part of the creed. But again, it's almost you look at the beginning of this episode and then you go to the end with Bo and again, she doesn't tell Din about the mythosaur. She doesn't mention it at all. She sees that symbol in where the armor is. And I don't know if she's a believe. I, I want to say she's a believer now, but I don't know what now I'm more curious about Bo than ever, because now I'm like, at Leo, you know, we talked about last week where I thought, okay, now she's a believer. She's going to help Din. Now I, I don't know with Bo. We said we said it earlier, I don't know with her. Like, does she now want to maybe take over that cover from the armor now? Like, is maybe that's her plan? And then bring him back to Mandalore. I I don't know what she's thinking, to be honest. What are your I mean, thoughts? I, I come back to the thing
1: she said in the episode before where the one like when didn't ask her, it must really pain you to see um mandalore like this and she says what what pains me to see is us continuing continuously fighting each other
0: yeah yeah
1: so is she i mean i i mean the story's got to play out right and she she has to have moments to think her steps through but it's just so fast fascinating the way that this is turning out because she's withholding information you don't know if she's she's doing it for her own personal gain you don't know if
0: she's you just don't know it's awesome like i don't yeah is she just overwhelmed by what she saw right and does she want to believe like even though she doesn't believe in you know the creed like she even said you know i don't follow the way maybe she starts believing and maybe she maybe she is a convert too maybe she changes from her old ways Maybe she follows them now. Because again, you know, we talk about, you know, we saw the, you know, the TIE Bombers blow up her castle, her home. She has nowhere to go. She's kind of like in, Right? Like, she's kind of not homeless. I mean, I guess homeless, right, in a way. But maybe this will motivate her to, again, to get back to Mandalore and rebuild. Because just like you said, Ange, and I'm glad you brought that up. Her whole thing is she is sick and tired of them not being a, a cohesive group, you know, group or society, however you want to talk about it. That is what upsets her the most. And as fans, we know that from Rebels, from Clone Wars, we know that's part of who Bo is. So to 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 see how she's going about this is very interesting. You know, and even when all those other Mandalorians were, like, kind of patting her on the shoulder and, like, you know, whatever, she was kind of like, I felt that maybe she was, again, overwhelmed with what's going on, never really considered maybe any of this, but now that's in front of her, maybe she sees an opportunity to, again, hopefully, in a good way, unite all of Mandalore and all all Mandalorians, let's just say, to unite all the Mandalorians. But then Din just there, like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. And I loved it. I, I loved, it. loved it. I loved it. I loved it so much. Make my little guy a helmet. Here we go. We're all ready. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's going to be fascinating. I, and I'm, again, where we go from here. Now, I did I tweeted this out a few days ago, but we have seen almost everything from the trailers. So I feel like what we haven't seen, we'll see next week. So I feel like we're, we're going to get that flashback with Girl Goo. Because Carl Weathers. I love Carl Weathers. It's not a big deal because I think the title, maybe the titles were like leaked, but he did drop the title of next week's episode. What is it? So he's directing it. So this is why, because he's directing it. It's called The The Foundling. Ah. So again, my instincts go to Grogu, go to his backstory. And maybe we'll get that flashback. I think we're going back to Navarro. I think this is where... Again, the pirates are attacking again. I think that's going to all happen. That's just my personal opinion. So I think we will literally, after next week, everything else from episode, you know, was it episode five? For the rest of the season is sight unseen. We have not seen, I don't think, any footage. Just like we did in episode in season two, right? Right. So like, bro. <laughs> if this is the first four episodes... What are we getting the second half? Like, oh, my God. I can't wait. I I tell you, they're saving stuff. They they have to be because this first half of the season was big. Like, it's not even it like. It was big, honestly. So I, The I,
1: stuff we saw in this first half, I expected we would see
0: towards yes, the end. Yes, yes. I did not think we'd see a Mythosaur this early. I mean, I think we're going to see it, see it now for sure. Like, we will see that darn thing come out of those living waters. That's going to be really, really cool.
1: My little guy, he's gonna tame it. I love. That we'll guy. see. I love
0: We'll, him. See. we'll see. But yeah, it, it's gonna be really fascinating after next week, where we go. Because I, I'm telling you, I, I this we're we're gonna get cameos up to Wazoo. I really, I think that's what they're holding. I think we'll get some. I think we'll get Sabine. I really do. I, I well, I hope. Let's just say I hope. I hope we get Sabine. And Orsoka. I would love to see them both. And I do think, I think we'll get something that connects to Skeleton Crew. Because yeah. we do know it's supposed to be within this era. Favreau has said that. So they're they're aware of it. Like it's part of this storytelling, as they said. So maybe we get a cameo by Jude Law. I would freak out if that happens. I think that'd be really, really cool. That would be cool. It would be. So Again, yeah, and I'm I'm still hoping for Hondo. I do. I'm still hoping out for my boy Hondo. That'd be great. And final thoughts uh, before we wrap it up.
1: <sighs> I don't even know.
0: I mean, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. lot.
1: It it this episode really just kind of threw me for a loop. All all the episodes, honestly, have the story has moved along not in the way I expected it to. But it's been done perfectly. So, um, like I even said before, like when I watch The Bad Batch, I don't know what's going to happen next. And I think that's like the best thing. I don't have like the strong predictability of like what's going to happen, which isn't always the case for me in Star Wars. Usually I'm really locked in on speculating about things and the storytelling has just been so good. I don't need to do that. Like
0: when the storytelling is good, you don't need to speculate. Just go with the flow. Enjoy it. Right. Yeah. All right, I just want to agree. Uh, I think so far so good. This first three episodes have been great. So well, obviously we know, as Carl Weathers tweeted out, he will be directing next week. So that's really cool. And again, assuming that my my thoughts are correct, everything that we have seen in the trailers, we will have seen through the first four episodes. So that means again, possibly cross fingers that we will get that Grogu flashback next week. It should be really, really cool that we saw in the trailers. And we'll get some of the Navarro pirate stuff. So it should be fun, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. And then buckle up after that, because then five, six, seven, and eight, who knows? It's sight unseen. And I love and I love that. I love that about that. Alright, guys, that's it. That's the show. Thank you for listening to us, and I hope you enjoyed our recap for Mandalorian season three, episode three, The Convert. You guys can follow us, The Galactic Podcast at The Galactic Pod on Twitter. And you can find all of our uh, previous episodes on Apple, Co- Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the major platforms. We're there. Give us a rate and review. Be so kind. And let people know that you enjoy our show. Well, then you can follow me, Lauren Romo at LoroNose on Twitter and Hive. You can follow me, Andrea
1: Gutierrez at R2D2Step on Twitter. Stream Jimin "Set Me Free" Part Two. Face full release March twenty fourth. Everyone, support my man Jimin.
0: And that is your BTS recap yep. for the week, kids. All right, <laughs> as always, may that force be with you. Always, always.